Hey everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the McCarthy Perspective on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Be sure to rate and subscribe. The NHL officially giving the go-ahead for the 2014 return-to-play plan for summer playoffs. Of course, lots to unravel, lots to unfold in terms of declaring two major hub cities for the East and West Conference respectively. Lots of negotiations and discussions will continue in the coming weeks, player safety, testing, and protocol, but a huge step in the right direction, and hopefully other leagues can follow suit to this format, like the NBA. We're going to be getting into that later on in the show. I will be joined by two of my good buddies and TSN footy writers, Peter Ash and Jordan Kahn, to discuss the NBA format for the playoffs and Canadian rising star on the pitch, Alfonso Davies. Happy hump day. Chuck E. Cheese is the smartest guy you ever met in your life. Then, uh, buddy, you look at when Chuck E. I don't even think Chuck E. Cheese is open anymore. But if it reopens, we Jordan and I will take you there for your for your ninth birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Ash and Jordan Khan have officially joined TMP for the day for the episode. Two powerhouses going head to head yesterday. Mm. There's only one nil, but I mean, Alfonso Davies' speed was on display again. Like, this, this kid's incredible. Yeah, I mean, like, we've, we've known about this kid since he was in the MLS, obviously, uh, of Vancouver. Um, but I remember seeing one of Fonzie's first games when he gets subbed in as the youngest player to start in an MLS game. And you just thought, like, okay, I see promise for this guy as a right winger. Just promise. And this is him at 16. And then over the span of one season, you can kind of tell, okay, he's onto something. He could be one of the best players in the MLS ever if he stays. And then he gets picked up by Bayern Munich, like a giant powerhouse club in Europe. Yeah. Even though he had interest coming from like England and from Spain as well. And he still has interest from Spain. Um, so it, it's insane to see the rise of someone who came from the system that we're surrounded by. Uh, take over in Europe to one of the best players in his position now. But yeah, that game yesterday, if there was ever a time where he could show out on the world stage, even though the Bundesliga is a great league, that's the game. It's like the Lakers, uh, the Warriors and Cavs, but of Germany, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good comparison. What, did you watch the game in full yesterday, Pete? Uh, yeah, it was pretty good, man. Uh, just seeing, I was trying to just keep track of, uh, kind of see the midfield matchups and see how, like, what Byron was trying to do to dictate the game. Obviously, Kimmich was huge, but going to Fonzie real quick, man, like, his speed, I was laughing because people just on Twitter, like, I saw JFK tweeted out and everything like that. How is this guy not have 99 pace of people? Like, it's ridiculous how fast he is. I think the biggest thing with him is just, it's not even like, it's not even the acceleration, it's about, like, how his first two steps he can just kick into gear that fast. It's like normally a lot of players who are fast, they pick up on acceleration, but his ability just to like pick one, two, gone, right? It's, it's incredible to watch, man. To see Canada have a talent like this, I, I don't know. I'm super stoked, man. I, I didn't follow him as much in the MLS, 
Um, I heard he was really good, but uh, when Byron picked him up, obviously got some attention. It's it's crazy to see how much he's grown, and now all of a sudden people are like, is this guy really uh, – he's in a conversation. Uh, would you say – would you guys say it's even fair to say that he's in the top maybe 5, 10 conversation for best, like, backs – I guess fullbacks in the world. I want to see what he what he what he can do at like twenty five, man. Like I think yeah. it's I think it's too early to even say that. But mm. again, you got you guys are the experts. I like he's only nineteen, like he hasn't even hit his prime yet. But I mean, yeah, even I yesterday, who was the one guy? He had like a clear break, maybe not a clear break. There was one guy back, and so Fonzie guy, just like turned on yeah. the Jets and just darted down the field I'm and broke up a scoring right chance. Now. I'm watching it on a loop right now, and it's Erling Holland who's one of the best young strikers. He's 19 as well. And he's got pace. He's got power. He even drops David Alaba, who uh, soccer fans know is one of the most consistent defenders in the world, essentially. Um, he drops David Alaba. And Fonzie comes from what looks like 30 yards away. Full sprint. Like, and, and like Pete was saying, he, that was insane, he, didn't, man. he didn't even have like an acceleration. It was just like his first step was, it just set the pace. It was crazy. So, I don't know. It was kind of funny to watch. I mean, I know, like, early on, they had, like, the whole pitch set up where, like, you know, all the players were sitting every other seat. They had cardboard fans. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, they did a really really good job of, like, maintaining distance and, and, you know, sticking to the safety measures put out. But... (laughs) It's kind of weird when when Kimmich got that ship goal yesterday, he like they celebrated just like they normally would because I think at first they they would just like elbow each other, right? You know. Uh, the question comes to like how do you if you score a goal in the 90th minute, like the last seconds of a game, are you gonna just stand there and be like, okay, we can't celebrate? Yeah, just give it, give him a thumbs up from afar. He's like, that yeah. was good. That'll probably be on Sports Center. Kimmich is a passionate dude too, man. Like he's a naturally passionate dude. Like he's very you see him, he's always like, let's go, come on. Like, getting yeah. everyone involved. So, like, yeah. So like, yeah, I didn't expect anything less from him, regardless of what's going on. Like, I wasn't surprised we did this. And that's something that I really like about this no fan thing, uh, even though I don't like having stadiums with no fans. You can hear everything that goes on a pitch, and Kimmich is so loud, like, from start to finish. The guy must lose his voice every night. But at the end of the game, he's screaming and yelling just out of celebration. I, I had it on in the uh, kitchen yesterday when I was eating. And my mom's like, oh, like, this is just like a rerun, right? I'm like, no, this is live German soccer, like Bundesliga right now. She's like, what? Like, she had no idea. So, like, even if, like, you know, soccer is not your go-to sport or your top three, like, I was like, this is like, I'm watching something that isn't a replay, you know? So, it was, like, actually really, really cool to watch. And what better matchup than Bayern Munich and Dortmund? Pete, I wanted to bring up the NBA format proposed one to 16 type NCAA style. It would infuriate some other players like on who are on bubble teams like Dame Lillard. I, I don't know why the NBA wouldn't just follow the exact same template that the NHL is doing do play in series. And that way bubble teams, you know, don't get shafted. Yeah. I, I honestly, man, like it's tough. Obviously guys like Dame and stuff like that, obviously they want to play for a playoff, uh, playoff spot. And uh, it's it's a little difficult because you do leave some teams out, like teams like Orlando, who like were the 16th seed. Like, I like Orlando. No offense to Orlando. Like, are they really a better team than perhaps like the, even the Pelicans, even the Trailblazers? Yeah, they might have a slightly better record, but like 
they're in the Eastern Conference. So it, it, it's one of those things where, like, it's tough. It's really tough because there's so many other teams that are getting shafted that have a lot of star power, and like Dame and obviously, like, Zion, who could bring a lot more, like, attention yeah. to the playoffs. But um, it's 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 one of those things. I don't mind 116 too much, but it would be cool if they did, like, a play in two and expanded it a little bit more. But, I mean, it's, it's tough, man, because – you're never going to make everyone happy, right? And regardless of what you do, there's going to be, like, some sort of kind of thing. Oh, well, this team didn't get a chance. This team is getting a chance. That's BS. Why is this team getting in? Why does this team have to play this seat? So, like, there's always going to be something. Um, I'm just happy that sports are coming back. I mean, like, slightly coming back. But I don't know. We'll see, man. I think it's going to be an interesting kind of playoff structure when you have a lot of good teams that have to play each other a little bit earlier. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the domino effect, I guess. I mean, I think the NBA – and the players association is going to be like, well, look how the NHL did it. Right. And it, you know, that, that could effectively work. And the one, the one to 16 seed is, is kind of unfair for the bubble team. So maybe, maybe they'll, they'll follow suit and, and emulate what the NHL is doing in terms of the MLB though. Like there's so much financial dispute going on right now. And, and the players and the owners are clearly not on the same page. We might not even get an MLB season. Imagine we get NHL and NBA back and not MLB. It's possible, man. Yeah. It's possible. But, again, we'd have NBA and NHL playoffs, so that would be pretty fun. I was, like, there, there's times where I'm just, like, sifting through YouTube and looking through, like, old playoff series of, like, this past decade. And, man, like, there were, there were some really, really good ones. 2016 Western Conference Final, Thunder and Warriors. Because Warriors were down 3-1, and they came back and won it in seven. And that basically propelled Kevin Durant's departure from the Thunder, right? Because he left in the summer of 2016. My other one would be Rap Sixers, Kawhi's buzzer beater game seven. That was big. And the other one would be Spurs Heat, 2013. Yeah. NBA Finals. Back out to Allen. Bang! Like just, <laughs> man, that was insane. You know what? I I was kind of confused because I think Spurs had the better record that year, right? No, Miami started at home. Miami started at home. I don't know but if it was like a Miami started at home, but they did two, three, and two. So game six yeah. was in Miami, and they Miami. won it, and then they had the momentum, and then they were like, "Well, we're playing in our home court again." Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they because now they don't do that. I forgot they had that format, that the same format that MLB does for the playoffs. I forgot they did two, three, and two. So it, it was game one and two in Miami, three, four, five in San Antonio, and then six, seven in Miami. Could you imagine they had to go back to San Antonio? I think that would have been a different ball. Would have been real. Uh, yeah, it's Greg Popovich's fault, man. He shouldn't have benched Tim Duncan. He benched Tim Duncan. Chris Bosh was the only big man on the floor. Basically, he gets the rebound, gives it to Real, and the rest is history, man. That's Greg Popovich's biggest mistake as a coach. I feel like. How do you not have Tim Duncan in that situation? I'll never, I'll never forget that. In 2013, they, there was a young Kawhi and young Green too, but they weren't playing yeah. like substantial minutes though, because they had like Manu, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. Like that, that Spurs team was loaded. I was thinking like the first one in um, 2010, actually. Do you remember it was uh, Lakers and Celtics? And that's yeah. like, oh yeah, it was deep. And if you remember Kobe before, um, okay, basically how it all started. And the reason it's one of my favorites is because when I first moved to the country, I was like, 
I was looking for a team and I kind of bandwagoned because I knew the Lakers were great. Kobe was a legend. But I also used to watch this guy called Pau Gasol when he played for FC Barcelona basketball. Right? Uh, there was a whole thing. I can't remember who, uh, who got traded, but Stephen A did a really good thing about it. Um, he went number one overall. And then he got traded to the Grizzlies for Pau Gasol. Oh, yeah. Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown. Yeah, it's Kwame Brown. Yeah, Stephen A snapped about it. He's like, you traded Kwame Brown for Pau Gasol? Wow, the Lakers, this is the biggest steal of the, like, the decade. And the <laughs> right. Biggest steal of the decade. Poor Kwame, bro. So, Where did I see? I saw a recent meme. Sorry to interrupt, JFK. I saw this recent meme of Kwame Brown of like both. Because I guess he played for the Wizards and Lakers, right? Yeah. I saw this like meme of, of like MJ lighting him up and Kobe lighting him up. And he just looks yeah. distraught. He's just like, I don't know what to do, man. I forgot. He was a first overall pick. He was a first overall pick. Yeah. Man. Jordan, you know, Jordan drafted him himself. Oh, like, yeah. Jordan yeah. owned. He was a part owner of the Wizards, right? That's true. So Jordan's right. biggest thing to them was telling him, hey, draft like this is a guy. So that was Jordan's – that's the start of Jordan's downfall when it comes to, like, managing a team. The yeah. Wizards and now look at the Hornets. That's hilarious. Oh, man. So, Brutal. yeah, Kwame, Kwame Brown gets traded away from the Lakers. In comes Pau Gasol. And then it was the biggest – at the time, in 2010 at least, it was the biggest Lakers partnership since Kobe and Shaq. And they kind of actually worked well together because Kobe knew Spanish. He knew Italian, I think, uh, Vucevic was also on the team like it was a european team essentially and colby was the european coordinator so it was really interesting to watch that matchup and obviously like it's such a historic rivalry itself so i would say yeah lakers and celtics was just intense right down to the wire what about you it's tough there's so many different different series man i the one that like i think i mean 2016 warriors and thunder was crazy um but one that i'll like i'll never forget was the 2012 uh, Celtics heat. And the reason being is because the Celtics were basically done. This is an Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics were supposed to be a team that was finished. They weren't supposed to really have, like, much going for them. Um, But they pushed Miami to the brink. Paul Pierce was hitting a game winners. Uh, He was, like, hitting jumpers on LeBron. He's like, yeah, we got this, whatever, we got this. And then game six comes, and everyone's like, Celtics up 3-2, and everyone's like, LeBron loses this, like, that's it. Like, his legacy, like, we don't even know. Like, two years in Miami, no rings. And he lost to, like, two teams he shouldn't have lost to. And game six, I know people say he's had better games. In my opinion, that's the best game I've ever seen him play uh, in terms of offensively. I mean, it wasn't just dunking, just the jump shots, everything like that. He scores, like, 40 plus. I think it was, like, 44, like, 15 boards, something like that. They win. Uh, not to mention, they just got Chris Bosh back from injury. He was, he was injured for the first, I think, series or two. Then they go game seven. They obviously beat the Celtics. That game, LeBron had cramps, came back, did a jumper on one foot. Um, and just I remember, like, I know obviously they beat the Thunder for their first title, but just that series alone was so much because the whole the entire NBA could have changed. LeBron signed a lot of one-plus-one deals, and I think that Miami deal he had, um, it was a three-year deal, so that would have been heading into his last season. He would have had no rings. And let's say they lose again in 2013 or something happens. We all know what happens in 2013 off of momentum. Mm-hmm. The entire league could have changed before that. So, in my opinion, like that was one of the greatest series I've watched only because I'd expect the Celtics to push them to the brink like that. And that was a moment where I think LeBron went from being just the explosive playmaker that he was into, like, I'm not going to say an assassin, but more of a cerebral approach when it comes to the game of basketball. It's a lot more shooting, 
he became more of a smarter player. It's kind of like Jordan in that moment where he's like, 92, I was just about my athleticism. 96, I was like, okay, I'm that dude now. I got to change my game a little bit more. It's more than just getting up in the air and making tough shots. It's about, like, actually playing the game. So, for me, that was a series. Man, LeBron was a, an assassin in the 2016 finals. That was, that was awesome. like, we're forgetting that one. That was an unbelievable series, man. The only reason why I, don't, I, I never, like, respect that one, that was, oh, I do, I do. I love that one. The only reason why I never ring up that one more is because Kyrie was so much of a dog, too, man. I just, I give him He was, like he was. was Remember, like, LeBron had to do with IT? Like, he was just <laughs> okay. like, all right, well, because where did, Ky- where did Kyrie go? Yeah, there was a, it was a trade. He went to the Celtics, right? Yeah. 2017, yeah. And and LeBron's like, well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta play with Isaiah Thomas. That's just a big step down for LeBron, man. Well, hopefully we can have some more memorable playoff series in the 2020s. It's I was saying this in in episode one. It's weird how we're saying 2010s now. Like it, it was, it sounded okay to say like 2000s in in the 2000s. Now it's like in the 2010s. It's gonna be like in the 2020s and the 2030s. But that's when where we're at, boys. 20s. I'm about to go hit the links to get my ass kicked from two of my buddies. 